Hello, you're listening to the Up Spiral Leadership Podcast with your hosts, Poe Chu, Rebecca Breitling, and Sue Covelli-Buntley. This podcast is dedicated to helping leaders at all levels to think bigger, act bolder, and collaborate better in order to create positive change even when it's hard. Join us as we explore journeys toward a world where everyone is running to co-create a better future because they feel valued, inspired, and connected. Hello, welcome to the Upspiral Leadership Podcast. I am Poe Chu, and together with my co-host, Sue Cavelli-Buntley, we have the pleasure to speak with our beloved friend, Anne Hunix, whom, have been, whom we have the pleasure to meet through the Leadership Forum community about five years ago, and whom we have continued to collaborate uh, with within this movement that I call um, to democratize leadership for our world. Anne spent her career building IT project management teams and project management offices in major financial services, insurance, and manufacturing organizations. She has been involved in several organizational transformations, including a total revamp from waterfall to agile IT methodology. Anne is retired now, but in her retirement, she is very actively serving on various boards, including serving as the treasurer for the Leadership Forum Community Inc., a nonprofit organization dedicated to develop leadership development in educational and work environments. And for those of you who follow us, we have spoken about the Leadership Forum before. And again, we're just very actively involved and supportive of everything that the Leadership Forum community does for, for us. And so I hope that we can go a little bit deeper into that with Anne, but just a little bit more about Anne. Anne is amazing because I feel like she is a change agent. She makes change happen. She works with people to help drive our vision and our leadership so that we can create positive change together. Her passion is to evolve flexible and innovative cultures that focus on business results while developing individual potential. So wherever she goes, Anne emphasizes learning and has developed training programs on leadership, change management, and cultural change. And having served on the board of the Leadership Forum community with Anne over the past year, I can only say that she is an amazing individual who values collective leadership because she always has my back and support me 100% in my very new role as a board member. And so I'm forever grateful. Anne, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. That was a very kind introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I want to make sure we didn't leave anything out. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, maybe on top of what I already shared. I think you covered it pretty well. I think the things that I have learned over the years really have to do with how do we treat people well so that we can have the most productive workforce and also have the happiest employees. It's kind of something I live by. Thank you. That's awesome. I love that as a intention. We always teach about having a leader intention and letting that guide our belief and, and our behavior. And I, I truly believe that knowing you for so many years, definitely I've learned so much from you and Sue, same, right? Um, we just yeah. learned so much from you and just your passion for creating change is just really compelling. And maybe we can start there, perhaps having you share a little bit about your passion for creating change and making a difference in this world. Perhaps maybe you could share a story to highlight this 
in your career that was most important for you and most impactful? Maybe we can get started there. Sure. Well, as you said, you know, my passion really lies around organizational culture and building a workplace culture that really supports the business and their customers and their employees. So making it work for everyone. When all of that's in sync, it's really a recipe for success and for an energized and dynamic organization that truly uses the talents of their employees. So this story kind of goes back a little bit to early on in my career. I kind of changed careers in the middle of my life. And because of that, I came into my career in business with some life experience, which made it possible for me to move up into a leadership position fairly quickly. And during that process, I kind of, I discovered, you know, how really destructive some organizational environments and cultures can be. And one particular event that was kind of defining for me was I was working with another leader who was um, had very destructive behaviors. I mean, essentially she was a bully and our teams worked together, but she would come into the cubicle aisles for my people and she would berate them up and down in front of everyone. And people really got upset and just made a really destructive environment. So, you know, I went off to HR and complained about this and they facilitated a session between the two of us so that we could air our differences. But I also met with my team and I told my team, I said, you do not have to take this. If she comes to you and is abusive, you need to come get up out of your cube, walk to my office, come to see me. If I'm not there, go to HR. But essentially giving them the power to not have to take that behavior from someone, even though that person was a director within the organization. And the problem was that within this organization, she had been there a long time and she was had a lot of institutional knowledge that was highly valued. And so no one wanted to contradict her because she was too valuable. And, you know, that dynamic where you have someone who has all that valuable knowledge, but they're so destructive to the work environment just doesn't work. Um, and it didn't work for me. So the outcome of this was that, you know, she got some behavioral counseling and I really strengthened the relationship with my team because I was able to change the environment for them. They felt like someone had their back and that was willing to advocate for them within the organization. So the relationship within the team became much stronger, which was beneficial for me. But then, you know, what I learned from this uh, being kind of, you know, new to this director role that I had, you know, I really learned that I could make a difference. I learned Uh that my voice could really make a difference within this organization, at least within my little corner of my team, I could make a difference um, for the people that reported to me and that I had some power to do that. Also, you know, it wasn't too long before other people figured this out too, other leaders, (laughs) and they kind of said, ooh, you know, 
she can stand up to her. Why can't I? (laughs) So it it did kind of have a ripple effect in changing how people dealt with her because they, they saw change happen and Mm -hmm. they saw that it could, that change really could happen and it could be effective. So that's kind of, you know, something that stuck with me as I went through, you know, other challenges in leadership positions to say, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can make change. I, I love how I feel like it's a pretty vulnerable position that you're in, but then you spoke up, you you rise up to be who what you stand for and, and you also stand, you know, um make sure that you give a voice to your team too, right? To give them power to be able to stand up for themselves. And I, I think that's really powerful because, you know, one of the things that we definitely talk a lot about at Upspiral Leadership is the concept of courageous civility. And, you know, and Sue and I talk about this a lot and we were just talking about it last week where a lot of times we feel like we can have a lot of courage, but not showing up as very civil. And then we could be civil, but not standing up with courage. And I think, you, your example really demonstrated a combination of both, where you you stood up, you you spoke up, you were courageous, but at the same time, you, you're going through HR, you're you know you're going through a process to work things out, which is a very respectful, kind you know process, and and that's actually really powerful. So really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, and I Thanks. love just imagine what this world would look like, and if more people were like you and helped others be more self-aware and had that courageous dialogue that really rippled into positive change and encouraged other people to have courageous dialogue as well. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah. that's great. Thank you. For yeah. That. Cause yeah. I feel like sometimes people just don't know what to say, what to do, and you were able to model that behavior for others to follow. And so that's really amazing. So I'm really curious then, you mentioned that there are other challenges in life that you had to face. And how, how did you leverage this experience, what you learned about yourself to continue to navigate, you know, additional challenges in your life? Well, first of all, you have to know that I am an avowed introvert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I work very well just all by myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do think that I have had to learn to speak up and be more extroverted. You know, I prefer not to make waves. You know, I I don't like or go after conflict, but I think there is a um, stubbornness within me, let's say, that I don't, I don't, I'm not willing to accept things that aren't right. Um, So Mm -hmm. it gave uh, validation that I should use my voice um, in that way. And I also, the other thing that that I learned along the way from this was that no one is too valuable to either get rid of or to discipline. And that was a good lesson for me also as a, uh, a manager of uh, teams and always saying to myself, you know, what's the value that this person brings and how does it weigh out against the perhaps negative behaviors that I'm seeing? So that was, you know, something else that I learned that I used over and over again to say, okay, what's the balance here? And then also to figure out, you know, what's behind the negative behavior, Mm. trying to look at what's, what's driving that you know, what is it by listening to that person and watching their behavior? What is it that's driving that? And 
can I address it in some way that will help them be a better employee, not over, not only for me, but um, wherever else they might land in their life. So. I love that. And I was just thinking as you were talking, what a great way to approach it just to, cause you know what the world can look like when things are better and we're all, um, you know, being respectable and kind and, and caring. And I, and I love how you also have that heart for really listening to someone who is, who is that, who is maybe creating that negative environment so that possibly possible positive change can come from that as well. You were making me think of Simon Sinek has a great quote that I often share. And um, even with my kids, (laughs) because it always helps, but he says, hurt people, hurt people. Uh, So sometimes listening to um, really seeking to to first understand um, someone who is creating that negative behavior can help us uh, really create positive change or brainstorm solutions, or at least give us our best shot to do that, right? So I love your intent to really tackle those situations really comprehensively and from all different lenses. I think that's just brilliant and beautiful. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that. Well, I think that one other thing that has really stuck with me, and that is that every interaction that you have with some has an opportunity to either build them up, give them something to go forward with, or tear them down. And you never know when those important moments are. I've had people that come back to me and say, oh, you did this for me, or you said this to me. And I had no clue what the impact was at that time. But clearly, it made an impact on them. And so that makes, it makes me stop and think that our words are very important in how we treat people. And even you know, in situations where, and I've, I've had to fire people. <laughs> I always want to send them out the door with their, their dignity intact, with their self-esteem intact, so that they can go on to the next job that they have to go for instead of tearing them down and sending them out the door without possibilities. So that's just another thing that, that has always stuck with me. There's your heart for learning (laughs) and for helping others thrive. uh, That is so prevalent. And and as Poi was introducing you, and I felt the same exact way, and my my eyes were almost tearing up because that's exactly how you show up every day. You you make things better. I know, you know, just one, one example of that is that Anne is helping us, a big, strong leader in helping us Uh, with this year's Leadership Forum Summit. And uh, there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. And when Anne is not on the phone call, everyone starts to um, panic. (laughs) Where's Anne? I don't think we can move forward. I don't know what's going to happen. We're not going to be organized. We're not going to have a heart for um, getting um, really positive things done today. So anyway, it's um, it's just a testament to the spark and the value that you bring in every moment that you may not even realize, but but be sure that it's definitely happening. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and I also really love, you know, in in what you have shared with us so far, this this balance of it's not just about what we contribute to this world, to organizations, to our community, or our family. It's not just the what, but also how we show up to deliver that contribution is equally important. 
I'm curious if you want to say a little bit more about that, because I felt like sometimes we forget, like we just thought, hey, if we if we just get the results, that's enough. But in our world today, it feels like it's not right. It, it's, you know, because we're to your point, even though I'm an introvert too, I realize I'm always working with people and we're never really in a silo, even though I know we're physically still, you know, in a pandemic and separated, but like we're always working you know, with others. So how do, how do we navigate this balance between how, you know, what we want to achieve and how we show up? Any advice you have for, you know, leaders who might be facing similar issues that you faced in the past where you had to coach people that, that, th- that might have one, you know, and not the other? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that yes, you have to be, you have to get things done. So you have to drive for results, but there, you can do that with empathy and kindness. Um, and actually it's, it is, if you're a leader, letting people get by without being productive is not helping them. Um, Sue, so you brought up kids. It's not helpful to let your kids get by with things. They need to learn that they have responsibilities. And so, you know, the same is true in the workplace. We need to make sure that people fully understand what their responsibilities are and talk to them about whether they feel like they can do that. Can they actually do what you're asking them to do? Or do they need some help? Um, or do we need to adjust the work in some way? So, you know, I think it's, it's those conversations to be able to blend, like you said, Poe, how you show up and getting things done. I think the other thing is that people have to understand that they can't always show up in the same way that everybody else does. So I, I've trained a lot of project managers and, you know, they'll come in and the young ones will come in and they will look around and say, Ooh, you know, this person is really, you know, kind of hard hitting and really organized and, and yet they have a softer personality. And I counsel people to say, you need to find your own way to do this work. It's not, not everybody can do it in the same way. So you have to take your own strengths and your own personality and utilize that to get the results that you need out of your team. You need to build a team culture around that and you'll be much more effective and authentic. And by the way, it'll be a lot less stressful because you'll be being yourself and not somebody else. If you're trying to be somebody else all day, it's hard work. So trying to get people to find their own way of um, expressing the work that they need to do, um, I think is also a valuable lesson for people coming up. Thank you, Anne. This is great. So um, I'm just really curious too, like... I know um, right now you are very involved in the Leadership Forum community. You are continue to drive change through, you know, the different events, the summits that's happening. I know one of the biggest challenge we have is to really influence people to join forces, to come together, to create opportunities for, for different people to benefit from leadership development. So I'm just really curious, you know, from your perspective, what what can we as individuals of, 
of our community, our organization, our society, what can we do to really create opportunities for for people that we we encounter, whether it's at home or at the workplace, to give them more opportunities for leadership development? I mean, I think that obviously the Leadership Forum, that's what we're all about. We're all about trying to provide leadership development experiences for people of all ages and all levels of experience and coming at this from different Mm -hmm. industries and perspectives. Because my philosophy is that leadership is leadership. It doesn't matter where you're doing it, whether you're doing it, you know, as a 17-year-old and you're being a leader within your school or whether you're 35 and you are leading a team or whether you're 45, 50 and leading a company, (laughs) you know, it's the same thing Mm -hmm. and you can do it in a community setting, in a nonprofit setting, in a for-profit setting. So, you know, trying to get people to think about leadership in that way. Mm. I also think an important piece is to give people leadership opportunities because just like any other skill, you it gets stronger as you use it. And so creating opportunities for younger people, creating opportunities for people who are at a lower level position within an organization, give them a way to lead and recognize people who are leading in an informal way and encourage them because not all leaders have a title. And so utilizing that, and that's that's part of the, the key to, in an organization, to get the most out of everybody that's there. You don't want to squash the talents that people have. So use them. And in order to do that, you got to find out what they have. So it means you got to spend some time talking to people and learning to understand who they are and what their aspirations are and what their talents are. But it's it's using the talents that people have and that they bring to the workplace that don't necessarily fit into a job description. And how, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking about everyone out there listening and thinking about their own role as a leader, whether it's a leader in an organization, a company, uh, a family, wherever it is. And I love how you said, I love everything you said, but I love how you said specifically to, we have to get to know each other on a deeper level because that's going to help us figure out what each other's strengths are and discover what our purpose might be. How, what is your suggestion around that? How do you get to know that level of um, detail about people? How have you done it? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to have one-on-one conversations with folks and just, you know, ask questions. But the other way to do it is to get people engaged in different kinds of activities than just what they come to work to do. Mm. And, you know, some of that might be in a more social environment Mm -hmm. and get people to just see people in another um, setting Mm -hmm. really helps. Um, But, you know, it's showing up in their office or their cubicle and seeing pictures on the wall that their kids have drawn or pictures of family and asking questions, just finding out what it is that people are engaged in. And, you know, some of it you can do if you're working in a team, um, having people share 
good icebreakers at the beginning of meetings sometimes, and especially when you're working remotely with people that you've never met in person, you know, just to find out, well, what is it that you do on the weekend? What's your favorite activity? What are the things that you're most passionate about? And you guys learned something just from asking me questions, right. <laughs> I'm sure. So it's it's asking questions and building a level of trust between people that they're willing to share part of their personal life and who they are because they're not afraid to share. I love that. And, it, and, and what you're talking about is beautiful because it evaporates any misperceptions that we might have or assumptions that we, we might be making because we're, we're getting to know people from a humanity standpoint. So I love, I love that. And I think that's a good mm-hmm. message for the world right now is to get yeah. to know each other on a deeper level. Can I tell you one quick story about yes, that? Yes, I love story. We love stories. <laughs> okay. So Poe mentioned that um, one of the organizations I work with moved from Waterfall to Agile. And part of Agile in the IT world is that you've got teams of people that are dedicated teams and they work together very closely. So this is in an IT world where, you know, usually our developers kind of sit in a cubicle and they do their thing and our testers sit there and they do their thing and it's not real interactive. But in this methodology, every two weeks, we had to present to our our business partners the progress that we had made. We discovered that some of our developers were incredibly extroverted and talented. They made videos to show what they were doing. It was hysterical because our business people never even saw these people. They didn't know who they were, and they were trying to communicate to them what they wanted the program to do. But they never talked to each other. It was all kind of passed behind the scenes. And what blossomed out of this was discovering that these developers had these wonderful personalities and could communicate very well with the business people if you give them a chance. Yes. So that was that just kind of opened the door to learning a whole new skill set that this group of uh, people had within our environment. Wow, that's so amazing because sometimes we there's just so much so much strength inside of us that becomes untapped when we're not collaborating and and allowing people to bring their whole selves to work. I love that. That's a great story. That's so cool. Excellent. So are you ready, Anne, for the lightning round? Oh boy. I feel the I feel the um I feel the thunder coming in and the lightning. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I need to play sound effect for this portion, Sue. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So Anne, first question is. What leadership trait does the world need most? Well, I don't think you'll be surprised because the two things I would say is empathy and listening to understand. Finding out what drives people's behavior and where they have ideas and can what their creativity is. And just understanding when things are not working well. Excellent. Love it, love it, love it. And who do you know that best models this trait and why? Well, now that's a, that's a hard one because it's someone that nobody else knows. <laughs> that's okay. Just it's a, describe, describe. This is a person that I worked for early in my career. She was, she was a consultant to nursing departments and hospitals. 
and worked with them on efficiency. And she was a person who listened very carefully. She always cared about the people she worked with. And she was so um, into finding solutions and really did a a very nice job of uh, mentoring me as I started out in my career. Wow. She's she's an important person in my background. And I love how you mentioned someone early in your career. So she must have had a really big impact on you if, if, mm-hmm. if um, you still remember that today. And yes. that's, the, that's the type of, um, you know, great legacy that a positive intention will get you. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And, and I'm sure wherever that person is right now, they're feeling, <laughs> they're feeling a twinge of power that you just provided. Uh, okay, next question. What do you believe that almost no one else believes? And that's that there are certain assets that we have that are not limited. Mm. So I'm talking about things like power and respect and freedom and love and peace and forgiveness. Those are things, they're not limited commodities and we can give them away and it doesn't take anything away from us. Mm. And so many times, especially when we're talking about, you know, things like power, people think if you empower other people, you're losing power. But in truth, especially if you manage them, if you empower someone who's on your team, you've just gained power. So by spreading these things around, you know, you spread love, you get love. You spread forgiveness, you get forgiveness. These things are not limited. And so why shouldn't we spread them around and share? Love that. And thank you for sending that message because sometimes in our in our world, we forget what you just said. And we think we believe more in a scarcity mindset. Like if we give it away, there's only so much. <laughs> and if we give it away, but it's almost like if you you just made me think of this great analogy of like a piece of pie. Like if we give away a piece of our pie, if we think of it in terms of what you just described of abundance, that piece of pie will, will regenerate and grow to more pie. (laughs) Uh, So why not? Why not? It's always great to have more pie. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much because sometimes we forget that and in the busyness and the overwhelmedness, if that's even a word, but we just forget what you just said. So, so reminding us, is really, really powerful. Thank you for that. Okay. Uh, What's the wildest idea you've ever shared with others? That would be that in the scale of the universe, we are less than ants. Mm. We are not nearly as important as we think we are. (laughs) Um, Our lives are just, you know, less than a millisecond in the stream of history. And what this says to me is that we need to make the most of it. (laughs) We can, we have an opportunity to make change. We have an opportunity to influence other people. And even though we may not be, you know, the head of a country or even a company, we can still make things better. That's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. 
I love that. There are no ordinary moments, <laughs> right, Anne? And, and you're, you're, you, you model this great, this, you know, even though it's a wild idea, I feel like you model it because you're, you're making the most of every single millisecond of this, of this life. And we appreciate that about you. That's why I, I spend my retirement doing what I do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Because you, you're still your heart for, I don't know, paying it forward and giving back is, is just, is just amazing. Thank you for that. And what is your last, last lightning round question? What is your biggest wish for the world right now? So this is something that I've learned in traveling to different countries throughout the world. Um, And that is that everybody, all people seem to want the same things. They want to be safe. They want to be warm, have a house, have food to eat, be cared for, have purposeful work. And they want to see their children thrive. And they want peace. So. It's, you know, if we can get down to those basics in how we relate to each other, I think we would be better off than fighting about superficial things, about things in politics or, you know, having all the fights that we do about turf or territory at work. Those things aren't so important when you get right down to it. So those are the things I would wish for the world right now. Love that. Love that. I'm just, you're actually helping me think on some of, you know, people I know in my relationships. And I just looked at them through that lens and I saw something completely different. So, so anyway, that's beautiful. And thank you for that. Perfect. Well, that was an amazing lightning round. (laughs) Uh, And we really appreciate you. So are you ready for the final, the final segment of the podcast, Anne? Sure. Yeah, so <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs> let's go for it. Yes, we can do this. So as part of Upspiral Leadership, we share how powerful it can be to be intentional about our mindset. And sometimes we, what we have to do is a mindset reset to make sure that we empower ourselves to think bigger, act bolder, and collaborate better to create positive outcomes and amazing change. And so um, we always want to share this one limiting belief with our guests and have them help us uh, do a mindset reset. How do we reframe this limiting belief so that we can think bigger, act better, and collaborate better? So, and are you ready? So this is the limiting belief that we need your help to help us do a mindset reset with. It is too late to invest in leadership development. Well, I have to say <laughs> that it's never too late to learn anything. And I, I can say that because, you know, I am retired. So, but I am learning so much every day in my involvement with the Leadership Forum. Um, I'd never started a nonprofit before. I'd never had to figure out the, the legal aspects of it. I have learned so many things. Um, and I, I think that that's something that's really important that we don't, and I wouldn't say it's only, it's never too late to learn. It's also never too early to learn. Mm -hmm. So I would put it at both ends of the spectrum, um, especially when it comes to leadership. You know, I, I think that we always have an opportunity and, and I would draw upon a, a quote that has stuck in my mind. And that is once you stop learning, you start dying. 
and mm -hmm. that's uh, from Albert Einstein. But it's, you know, that's kind of the thing. You, you continue to learn every day as long as you get up and get out in the world, especially these days with technology. Whoa. <laughs> yes, I keep forgetting I'm talking to an IT expert here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you have to understand that when I started my career, you know, an electric typewriter was uh, something wonderful <laughs> and computers took up entire buildings. Yeah. So, um, you know, the speed of change and the amount of change um, and the need to continue to learn. I mean, if you yeah. don't, you just get left behind. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank and you. Uh, before we leave today, we wanted to give you a, a second to direct people to leadership forum and the summit, which is, which is free of charge, which is an amazing value yes. because it's one of the most powerful experiences I've ever been a part of. And it continues um, to get more powerful every year. So how can people get involved? What's the best thing to do? Well, they can go to our website, which is it's leadershipforumcommunity.org. Um, so just type all that in and it will take you to our website and you can learn all about our organization. And yes, one of our values is to be able to provide leadership training to anybody and to do it at no cost so that there is no cost barrier to it. You can go and sign up. There's, uh, we have four one-hour sessions, um, the four weeks before the actual summit, which is in July 14th and 15th, so that we have those four one-hour sessions that lead up to it. And then we have two full days of programming for people to listen to people who are just amazing. And we have people from all over the world. In fact, right now we have registered, we have people from 19 different countries. And, you know, countries in, and they're not, they're, they're countries in Africa and the Middle East. Country where, countries where there is a lot of turmoil going on and where leadership is so critical, not that we don't need it, in the US, <laughs> we need it here too. But it's just really gratifying to see that people are reaching out to learn more about leadership because it really is going to be um, something that can change the world. And just to put my two cents, I've been engaged with this organization for over 30 years, and it has been one of the things that has provided me with so much. It's, it's just been a tremendous resource for me to share with the people that I worked with. Um, I would always come back um, from the uh, summit meetings with um, something to share with my team and help them be better leaders. So that's the reason I stay involved in it. Hopefully, as people get involved and see the value in it, they will not only attend, but will help to support us too, because we do have to uh, pay our bills. <laughs> Right, exactly. And yeah, and, and it all will ripple into positive things, which is great. And together, yeah. these leaders, when, when they get together from all over the world and talk about some really important topics and themes, mm -hmm. that's when you feel this sense of um, hope, optimism, and magic that really, yeah. that really describes what Anne is talking about. It's life-changing. Yeah. So, and yeah. this... This year for 2021, we're doing Leading to Repair, which is so 
so appropriate with all of the disruption and the the pain that people have been through in the last 18 months um, with COVID and social justice and all the disruptions in the economy and people's work, schools, whatever. It's just been um, mm -hmm. a very unique time period and, and hopefully we'll be able to um, help people through some of that. Excellent, definitely. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Anne, again, for joining us and sharing your insights with us on becoming better leaders. I, I really personally enjoy having you remind us that we are all leaders, formally or informally, um, that we all have a voice uh, that we can use to effect positive change in our environment that not only benefit ourselves, but other people. And that in every situation, every interaction we have with other people, we have an opportunity to build someone up and, and most important of all, I feel like leadership, you help us understand that leadership is not necessarily something humongous and complex, that all it takes is for us to give it a chance and have, have conversations with others um, so that we can spread power, respect, freedom, love, peace, and forgiveness, everything that you mentioned um, that is so critical for the world today, for our world today. So again, thank you for being with us and we cannot wait to bring you back and, and continue our conversation. And yes, everyone, please join the Leadership Forum community and check us out on leadershipforumcommunity.org. Thank you again, Anne. Thank you. It was a fun hour. <laughs> awesome. Take care. Talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Upspiral Leadership. If you enjoyed this show and want to join us in co-creating change, please email us at upspiralleadership at gmail.com. You can also support the show by leaving us a like and review on Apple Podcasts or by sharing this episode with your friends and colleagues. Thanks again and stay inspired.